the Magic Mike Show. Where you hear the experts speak. The Magic Mike Show. Tune into the show every week. The Magic Mike Show. You can trust the show is the bomb because it's being brought to you by RacingDudes.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Magic Mike Show. Magic here, different intro. That's because you got a different co-host with me today, Aaron Halchman from Blinkers Off. You're coming to join us. How are you today, sir? No, I'm very nervous to be on the Magic Mike Show. This is the this is the big leagues today. So uh, I'm pumped up, though. You gave me a lot of notice, Magic, about 30 minutes. Said, hey, can you fill in for Samus? Sure, I'll be there. So I'm here. I'm ready to. Uh, I'm ready to talk derby. Yeah, Samich is uh, somewhere somewhere ag- across the great southwest right now. He's trying to get to Albuquerque, uh, which always makes me think of Bugs Bunny cartoons. Uh, he always did, would tell people, take a left at Albuquerque, or uh, made a wrong turn at Albuquerque, and that's how I ended up at Elmer Fudd's. Mike Samich, please don't take the wrong turn at Albuquerque. You're not going to end up in California. You'll end up somewhere much worse. Mm, don't look much like Los Angeles to me. I knew I should have taken that left turn at Albuquerque. Uh, Aaron, I wanted to bring you on because uh, I know that you have already done a video for us at uh, youtube.com slash racing dudes, your latest derby top five and the same five horses, but you did change them up a little bit. So uh, I won't give away what happened there, but I do agree with the change that you made. Uh, so go check that out once we are done with uh, the Magic Mike show, or if you're listening on replay, maybe you've already caught it, but let us know what you think about that one. Aaron, uh, we got three Two, two official derby prep races, two other races that weren't points races, but definitely have an impact for the derby. Then we'll do a little Oaks talk. Are you ready to get into it? I'm ready. Let's do it. Riders up. All right, buddy. Let's first get, we'll stay in California, not as a homer pick, but I think the one we're maybe uh, the most confused about, the least excited about, the Robert B. Lewis stakes. All four horses from trainer Bob Baffert. Uh, Newgate's going to be the one who ends up going, uh, ends up getting the job done, proves to be the best Baffert. Uh, the biggest shock to me, Aaron, it, it wasn't even that Newgate won because we were covering this live on the live show on Saturday and we were watching the odds. And even though he was the second choice morning line, he was very clearly the betting favorite. Uh, Breaking out of post two with Frankie Dettori here. He gets the job done, but gets a 100 buyer. Seems a bit inflated to me. That's the big shock of uh, of the weekend, I guess, as far as the derby preps go or the derby impact races. 100 buyer. And we were watching this live, Magic, and it's not like we hated the performance or anything like that, but this was not something we thought was going to get rated that all that highly. Uh, you're going to watch this race. He eventually just barely gets by the number four uh, hard to figure in the spot. He had been pretty weak coming into this race. And you can see from the tote board, four horse field and the number four is 12 to one. He was, a, I think the biggest surprise is really that hard to figure is the one who stuck around and made this tough for Newgate. Uh, I mean, he looked good visually when you're watching him on the track. You could see that Vasquez had his hands full with him the whole time. But for this to be the horse that really kind of pushed Newgate after Newgate, you know, worked really hard, just missed in the sham to reincarnate. Um man i don't know what this really says but also this is going to mark because hard to figure ends up finishing so close to him aaron a uh, hundred buyer figure for hard to figure as well that's a 20 point jump from his previous career best 
Uh, I don't think that was worthy of a 20-point improvement just for the four alone. No, I don't think so either. And that would be, was it about a 10-point jump maybe for Newgate? I was thinking he's been in the low 90s maybe. Uh, I don't know that for sure. But, yeah, it's 90, hard to imagine for the these two actually ran in a 100-buyer type of race. Uh, you're seeing in here, though, this is the second straight race where Newgate kind of sat off the pace and finished with a nice run. And look at him. He's extending his stride. I mean, it's not like he looks awful here. Uh, he's running pretty darn hard to get by. I thought it was a decent effort. Like I moved him up into the top 10 after this, but I moved him. I didn't move him to the top five because I didn't think it was anything just spectacular, but we kind of know what he is too, right? He's been up against some of the better horses. He doesn't ever really embarrass himself. I think he can go to the Kentucky Derby, a race like that, or a bigger race than what we saw here and compete. A hundred buyer, no, but I don't think he's a, He's a bad horse. He's a serviceable horse. Uh, Frankie Dettori, the jockey, is in his last year uh, of, of racing just in general, and, and he came to California uh, wanting to find a derby horse. And it seems like, well, we'll see what happens trainer-wise, but assuming this horse uh, transfers trainers, and I don't see any reason not to, uh, keep him in California. He'll probably pull a, a little bit of a Messier maybe that get up and uh, get enough points for the San Diego Derby with a different trainer. They'll qualify him for the Kentucky Derby. And Dettori, uh, I don't know if he's ever run in the Kentucky Derby or not. I don't I don't know. that He definitely hasn't won it before. Um, not sure he's winning it with Newgate, but uh, at least it looks like a horse that'll put him in the starting gate. As far as the rest of the Bafferts go, hard to figure. This is his second time going two turns, first time um, after breaking his – or first time uh, facing winners, I should say. He still, to me, might be best as a sprinter. Uh, or as a one-turn horse, and then Wooster and, and Arabian Lion, a complete disappointment. Anything to take away from those other three Bafferts here? Yeah, I mean, Arabian Lion is pretty much out of it. Uh, I think Wooster is a horse that just needs to go back to the maiden ranks, can probably get the maiden broke, and then, you know, we'll see where he lines up next after that. But he's serviceable. Hard to figure is hard to figure, Magic. I mean, we really <laughs> haven't seen a whole lot that makes you think he's exciting. This race, though even if they came back and let's say it was a 90 or 92 buyer, it was a pretty good race for hard to figure. So maybe he can kind of get his name out there a little bit more, but to me, it's more of just, here's the winner and we'll just kind of move on. We kind of saw what the winner is when he steps up. So for any of them, it's kind of sketchy. I think at this point, uh, I, I'm still going to kind of pass on these horses. I think Newgate at least showed a, a nice effort. I, I was surprised by what he was able to do. You see there in the sham stakes, he got that 95 buyer. Uh, I wasn't really a huge fan of him at, uh, before the season started. Gets the job done here. Uh, but I think that this was probably, to me, definitely not the most uh, flattering or the, the most eye-catching, I should say, uh, performances. Let's go to Oakland Park, race seven, uh, an optional claimer going a mile, a race where you didn't have uh, any Kentucky Derby points on the line, Aaron, but you definitely had a, not only a great horse and gun pilot from the two post who's going to win, but it also uh, really makes verifying look great. But first, talk about gun pilot, uh, a horse that you and I both thought for sure was going to try to go right to the lead, go gate to wire like he tried to do against verifying. He didn't get the lead. We were a little bit worried about that. I really like this performance from him. And you're right, right here, as you see him, he's like third or fourth stuck in the on the rail. And I'm cussing, like, come on, you got to be kidding me right now. <laughs> I have this horse singled in the pick five. You kidding me? Like, what is going on with Gunpilot? And, uh, you know, he showed a little bit of professionalism. He sat off of it when the real running began. It's like, okay, has a source that's usually on the lead. Now he's had dirt in his face. 
What's he going to do? Well, he's going to just romp, basically. Uh, he beat a couple horses that are pretty decent in this spot. And you said it. I, it was a really nice step forward for Gunpilot. And it makes you really excited about verifying. Because verifying beat Gunpilot like he was nothing uh, just a few weeks ago in an allowance race. Very similar to this one. Um, but you see right here, Gunpilot's really nice and relaxed. So a horse that's used to being on the lead, sitting here in fourth, I thought this showed a lot of maturity. I think this is going to be the running style you're going to see from him uh, as we go on, because this was by far his best race. And we were watching this live and we thought, uh Oh, Lucas and bourbon bash, man, yep. he is really running a big one. Gunpilot just eats him alive here in the stretch. And right as you're saying it, uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, we've got the replay up here. Uh, he moved out and it's like, okay, right when you saw Santana start to ask Gunpilot, he responded, um, I thought, you know, a great effort, especially because he showed a different style, right? The fact that he tried to go gate to wire against verifying and was beat and wasn't close to verifying at the end there, but it was a good finish. I love how he strides out. And at Oakland, mm -hmm. when you go a mile, you stop at that 16th pole right there. That margin of victory could have been a lot greater than that. Finishes the final uh, final furlong there in, in 12 and a half seconds. Um, you know, not the, not the flashiest final time here, but, you know, different tracks have different setups. Uh, I thought a great effort for Gunpilot. Uh, Davey is uh, very excited because uh, he and Shadi in the Fantasy League, they have, not only do they have Gunpilot, they have Verifying as well. And Verifying going to be headed to a Kentucky Derby Trail Stakes next. You'd expect the same from Gunpilot. So uh, for Verifying, a horse that, you know, we were pretty impressed with his victory at Oakland last out. Did this bump up Verifying for you at all? Absolutely, it did. And in Magic, you said, you said it, hey, they stop at the mile pole here uh, at Oakland, which is the 16th pole. And, and Gunpilot was just striding away and it would have been larger. Rewind and go watch Magic when he talks about verifying when that's when this happened, going a mile at Oakland. He said the same thing. He said, boy, if they would have went to the regular finish line, verifying would have won by that much more. So hell yes, it, it definitely elevates verifying. We've got a very solid number anyway, right? No matter what Gunpilot came back and did next, verifying's number was solid. He was visually solid. But when you see that second place source that he destroyed, come back and destroy himself next time out. That's a really good sign. I moved verifying up quite a bit after this effort from Gunpilot. I think Oakland's got a couple of sneaky ones. I don't know. I think Gunpilot will stick right here at Oakland. Verifying might go down to uh, New Orleans, to the fairgrounds. We'll kind of see, keep an eye on that. But I think they're both pretty serious. I kind of felt like verifying was anyway before this, but now I think they both are. Uh, it seems like Brad Cox has uh, a trainer verifying. It seems like the Rebel Stakes uh, here at Oakland on the 25th might be where he goes. Risen Stars on the 18th. That's a possibility as well. But when you saw how good he looked uh, at Oakland, I don't know why you take him anywhere else, uh, especially with the Rebel being a million dollar purse. Uh, he also Cox has victory formation. You know, maybe victory formation ends up being the Risen Star horse for him. But Brad Cox, he's, he's got plenty of horses. It's he's got the Baffert issue now, Aaron, where he's trying to figure out. Uh, where the heck to just spot all of them and keep them away from each other. But uh, a nice, you know, another nice effort from Gunpilot. He's going to get an 87 buyer uh, that matches the 88, pretty much matches the 88 buyer for losing to verifying last out. Uh, let's go over to Gulfstream Park. This is where a lot of the focus ended up being uh, for the weekend, at least for Saturday. Plenty of graded stakes races for the three-year-olds. And the first one we'll talk about, actually, let's go talk about Tappet Trice, because I think this might have been the most impressive uh, of all the horses that we saw over the weekend. Tappet Trice getting an allowance race, a one-turn mile. Aaron, this is the only race that I got wrong in the pick five, and it's because I singled the wrong Todd Fletcher horse. Mike and I were very big on Shesterkin. Uh, thought that with the outside speed angle, we had a really good chance. 
and it hit it to Luis Saez. Tapit Trice had been farther behind in his previous races. He made sure he got the horse off the rail into the clear and then engaged him right to the back of the pack. Talk to me about Tapit Trice. I could watch this guy run all day. I really liked what I saw out of him, and that hurts because Jared's got him on the fantasy team. But, man, I'm telling you, this looks like a nice horse. Uh, yeah, I you just look at him right here. He's into the game more, right? And they're going to have to scrub on him a little bit throughout this race. Maybe that says he's kind of a lazier horse that he has the ability to get up and forwardly place. You just got to ask him to do it. And so that was my biggest worry. Like when we kind of turned for home, it's like, damn, he's really rode him hard to get him in the spot. Does he have anything left? The answer was a resounding yes. <laughs> he had a ton left in the tank and he zoomed by. Shesterkin, I thought was a little disappointing I think he just got a little bit discouraged. You're going to watch him kind of flip-flop his leads after he gets past. He tries to fight him for a minute. And right here, it's like, okay, he's been scrubbed on a lot, right? And it's like, I, I don't know. Does he have anything left? And then watch this horse. You kind of talked about the last race, how the horse is lengthening uh, that lead as he gets to the wire. Talked about gun pilot. Watch Tappet Trice just put these to bed. And then watch this final 100 yards. He's gone at this point. One little tap, hand ride, see ya. It's over. <clears throat> and with the, the way that he runs, I mean, you're right. You could watch him run all day. And on that note, I think, uh, you know, definitely the Kentucky Derby in play would love to see this horse go to the Belmont, too, with the way that he extends that stride. The breeding, obviously, by Tappet, who is, uh, what, six of the last 12 Bel or 13 Belmont Stakes winners were either sired by Tappet or grandsired by Tappet. So, uh, plenty of stamina bloodline. I like the fact, Aaron, that three starts, he's looked very professional, right? And, and the Tappets, that's not, especially not in February, what you're saying about them. Um, it also, you know, he was flattered by the fact that Slip Mahoney, uh, who he beat to uh, break his main Slip Mahoney, came back and he had a very nice maiden win with a high 80s buyer as well at Aqueduct. So, a good effort there. Chester can clearly second best, and then the rest of the group, not much to take from him there. I, I was a little lamenting that i was that i'd singled the wrong todd pletcher and then i saw the pick five paid 97 dollars, so i didn't really miss out uh on too much of a, of a score there but if you did hit this and you got this one correct uh you also had the better priced pletcher here getting the job done i you've got the ownership silks uh which uh, mandy pope's uh whisper hill farm same as charge it we saw charge it return sunday with a really impressive win at gulf stream another gray horse he reminds me a little bit of charge it but i think he is at this point I think he is months, months ahead development-wise than Charge It. And that's another thing I think that would get you excited if you're looking for a derby horse. Charge It's not a bad comparison. I, I think Car Charge It has a little bit more natural ability early. He reminds me, not looks, but the way he runs and how he acts and how he puts that head down and just goes in the stretch. He reminds me a lot of last year's Belmont winner, uh, Mo Donegal. He is kind of showed in that race how Mo did in the Belmont. I don't have to be dead last. I can kind of get up there and then I can still move with that, with that same force. He kind of reminds me of that kind of horse magic. I, I think he's going to be pretty damn good. Now the flip side is Mo Donegal was a little more advanced at this point than Tappet Trice is where you're right. Charge it was less advanced, but he kind of has that, that look to me of one that you're right. When that, once that Belmont gets here, he ain't going to stop. And that is pretty scary. Um, we'll see. Uh, he, he's going to go to a prep next. They said the, the Fountain of Youth is in play. Uh, you know, Tampa Bay Derby is also a prep they use at times. He could be a bluegrass type. We'll just have to see how, how it works out. But he's pretty exciting.
separately you and i and jared all thought after watching this we're like that's pletcher's horse that goes tampa bay derby next bluegrass and then you got enough points and enough experience to get in the kentucky derby um altemeyer games brings up he's like tapper yeah. if anything tapper won the belmont yep. stakes i think that's a great comparison as well yep. uh both in the looks and and the ability that he seems to have so great yep. comparison there you stole it I he thought- looks like tapper yeah absolutely he does and and uh, God, he is a pretty damn horse. Look at him. He is gorgeous. Uh, Car Ramrod. I th- first, I thought this was a, uh, a a spelling error. Tap it thrice would be a great name for an up and comer in the San Fernando Valley, uh, which is where I live, and it also just happens to be the porn cap porn production capital of America, right here in San Fernando. Tap it thrice. That's a Car Ramrod is always good for the comments. I love I love seeing you back here. That's <laughs> that's a great one. Uh, Gulfstream Park did have an actual points race, Aaron. We'll talk about that one as well uh we'll talk about rocket cannon the holy bull stakes and then there he is uh, another gray horse what a weekend for gray horses charge it uh tap it trice rocket can um yeah shy says it's going to be a great kentucky derby uh not a tap it though this is an into mischief what did you think about rocket can we'll talk about the low buyers in a second but overall what do you think about his effort here yeah are we sure this isn't tap it trice again <laughs> like him yeah listen um here's the deal with rocket can he raced extremely wide the whole time so yeah the buyer's a little low but fuck he he had a horrible trip so it it is what it is with the numbers this was not a visually impressive race as far as how they finished right they kind of felt like they were going up and down a little bit you didn't see that elite kind of burst of speed to kind of kick away from the field but he did have a legitimate excuse he ran a lot farther than everybody else in this race so um I thought he took a nice step forward. I don't think he's one you just need to throw out because of that low buyer. I think it's okay. Next time out, let's see what he does. He also should get better when they go a little bit longer. So I wouldn't just absolutely hate on it. He's just kind of a wait and see for me. He made a nice improvement, and we'll just kind of see what he does next. Uh, you mentioned it. He was wide both times. We're watching the replay here live on YouTube. So, you know, I, I was as his fantasy owner, as someone that would bet him to win this race, I was quite nervous about the trip he was getting. But uh, great to see Jackie Jr. Alvarado and trainer Bill Mott uh, get the job done. Back-to-back weekends winning the premier dirt race at Gulfstream Park. Uh, let's talk about the horse that came runner-up here, which was a big surprise to me. Mike Salmich liked this horse a lot more than I did. Used him on his ticket. Shadow Dragon, the three-horse, the other Mott, a New York bred that Broke his maiden against state breads on debut and then was beaten a country mile by Arctic arrogance in the New York State Stakes race. This is the first time he showed up. This horse might have a lot of uh, room to grow here, Aaron. Well, he has certainly improved from anything we've seen so far. He ran a really nice race here. Um, my one thing about him, he had all the chances in the world to get by. I thought he was going to get by and he kind of hung there. And, and, you know, you might say, well, Rocket Can held him off, but. Was it that or was Shadow Dragon just not quite good enough to get by? I didn't change the leads in the stretch either. So that's kind of interesting as well. Yeah. Um, listen, it was it was decent, though. It was a decent performance. You could at least try him again in another prep and, and see what happens. But I wasn't overly impressed, but it certainly was a huge improvement. Uh, well, one last verse we'll talk about. Uh, the biggest surprise to a lot of people because they made him the 6-5 to five favorite. Not a big surprise to us. Cyclo Mischief. Um, just a complete and utter bomb effort. The four horse here for Dale Romans. We, you know, we're concerned that he was going to be a short price favorite. You don't want to bet Dale Romans, especially not on the Derby trail with a short price favorite, but 
I, I figured this horse would get like fourth, maybe third, and be a distant ways behind. He was seventh, beaten 12 lengths in the, in the end here. He never really uh, was part of the action once they got going. Any excuse for Cyclone Mischief? Not asking Bill Mott. I'm asking you, or Dale Romans either. Uh, asking you specifically. No. Right? I mean, you can't say it was a bad trip. He was right there with a chance. You can't really say closers didn't, didn't run well because they did. They finished one, two. He was here with a no show and that's what you guard against with Romans. And that happens sometimes specifically with this horse as well. Sometimes he just doesn't show up with his best effort. Look at him right here. He's got, he's like, he's within range and look at Tyler kind of scrubbing on him. And then that he just didn't fire. I thought at this point in the race, he might get up third, fourth, kind of like what you were talking about. And then he just stops and uh, no, like they just ran away from him. I wouldn't totally throw him out because it's Romans and sometimes they rebound. But this is a, like you said, this is why you just can't play him in a derby prep at, at a short price. Maybe, you know, you get a big price on him next time out and, and maybe they can kind of figure out what happened. I think he's better than what he showed there, but it, it just, it was not good. Yeah, <laughs> Shadi said Dale's comments after the fact. Yo, he didn't fire. He had nothing there. I actually was waiting because of how he steadily faded in the stretch. I waited for them to blame it on the fact that he bled and say, "Oh yeah, it was." He didn't get Lasix because he did have that huge effort yeah. uh, with Lasix on. Didn't make a difference there. Uh, at least not that we were uh, we were told. So, um, all right, I will ask you now. We've gone through all of the uh, the Derby preps or Derby related races. Uh, from the weekend i know from your video but who is your kentucky derby pick right now he's kind of just the de facto pick until we see him and that's forte because i just haven't seen anything else that jumps off the screen at me you know uh, and that's what you kind of need forte a three-time grade one winner and won the breeders cup juvenile and eat a horse who i kind of have second if he would ever you know have a workout in cave rock so I, I'm going to stick with Forte. I don't love it. Uh, I think Jared made a really good point. He said it kind of feels like the Nyquist year where he was established as the older, the, the, or excuse me, the two-year-old horse. We kind of wanted to beat him in the Derby, but nobody jumped out at us, and Nyquist ran pretty well in his preps. We'll see if Forte can do the same thing, but right now he's still number one on my list. <laughs> Kevin also says, uh, Cyclone Mischief going to the Jeff Ruby. That's where you, that's where you get the points, Romans. Go go win the Jeff Ruby. Or, and hell, just finished in third in the Jeff Ruby. That gets you in. I think Jeff Ruby and, and Bluegrass are definite possibilities for him. I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised at all. Yeah, Dr. Tang agrees with you. If Forte comes back and runs anything like he did at the Breeders' Cup, he'll be the favorite, could win the Triple Crown. It's been a very... Um, interesting year so far because i was really excited about a bunch of horses and then extra nejo gets hurt logins gets hurt and it's like ah oh, shit well those were good ones there'll be someone else and then pletcher kept rolling out these maiden winners that kept not doing well next out we finally got tap at trice to hit <sighs> boy cave rock's been my pick this whole time i don't know if i can stick with him anymore at this point it was just so so bad how he ran there aaron or the fact that he, i'm sorry the fact that he hasn't been running well let me ask you this. How long do you wait until you go away from him with, before he gets that first workout in? Because uh, still no work today. It's February 6th. So now the earliest, obviously, is February 7th. No news that it might happen anytime soon. How long until you jump the ship completely and say, well, it's it's too late? It might be too late at this point if you know how bad. I mean, at this point, rate, he would have to switch trainers and get into a 100-point prep like off of his workouts. And that's, I mean, the Sanita Derby, 
this may be the one he could win just because it's a whole Baffert show out there. And I still think he's the now the one a behind Arabian night in the Baffert barn. But man, the, the fact that he isn't working out continuously, it does worry me. Uh, I'd almost at this point, no, he's not making the rebel. Zero he's not making the rebel. He makes the rebel. Yeah. Zero. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, no, that's a great point. Um, Boy, it's, it almost feels like at this point, the target I think should be the Preakness. If you want a triple crown race with cave rock, keep him with Bob. Bob's allowed to have him as much as he wants for the Preakness aim for that because you'll also have a 20 horse derby field off of one race or do you want to go to the preakness where it's going to be seven eight horses and half of them are yours so can i play devil's advocate again well not that's not the right phrase but can i say talk about another horse arabian night do you really want to go to the derby off three lifetime races i'm a little bit thinking he should maybe point for the preakness because We've heard now he's going to come back and do the Arkansas Derby or the San Diego Derby. So that's one prep. I don't know. Like, I, I kind of think three races. Now you're going to put him against 20 horses. If you want a horse for the summer, if you want a horse to, to, to max out its full potential, the fourth start in the Kentucky Derby might be a little too much for that horse. So I think Arabian Night and Cave Rock both are almost in that Preakness discussion more than Derby right now. I want to go back to a comment real quick. Ultimate Games, I did see this and, and forgot to get to it. Uh, asking about Rocket Cam versus Tacitus, um, comparing the two of them. I don't have the lifetime PPs for Tacitus. I'm not that fancy with DRF, but I can tell you looking just at his form in general without buyers to go off of. Uh, Tacitus, you know, his first start at three, he won the Tampa Bay Derby. He came back in March, won the Tampa Bay Derby, then went to the Wood Memorial, third in the Kentucky Derby, second in the Belmont. Um, you know, he did win after the Wood Memorial. Yeah, one more win after that. That was for you, Vinny. Uh, Tacitus, I think Tacitus was much farther along than Rocket Can. You could see progression, but this was also Rocket Can's fifth start. Um, Tacitus, that was start number three for him when he won the Tampa Bay Derby. So not, I don't know how good of a comparison that is, but Aaron, you have a better memory of this stuff than I do. What, what do you think about the comparison? I think Tacitus showed a little bit better numbers. Um, I, I think the comparison could be there, but we got to have Rocket Can progress quite a bit i don't think he's quite what tacitus was at this point or not at this point but going into the derby so we'll see if rocket or uh, rocket can can do something like that uh they're similar though and the running styles are definitely similar as well i wanted to get to one more comment i couldn't disagree more with you running that horse in his fourth start in the kentucky derby and finished 12th actually ruined most of his season he did not win a taba who who was easily the most talented three-year-old of the year did not win another race after that until the until the Pennsylvania Derby in September. So he literally went from April to September winless because they forced him into the Derby, where if they would have taken a more logical approach, I don't think there's any doubt Taba would have been the three-year-old of the year and probably would have picked up three or four or at least two or three more wins. So that is exactly the Taba situation is exactly why I'm saying you might be better off if you want to have the best season possible for a season with a horse like Arabian Night, you might think about the Preakness. Because if you could go Sanding the Derby, Preakness, and then you got all that summer schedule, it makes sense. If you, It just depends on do I, you want to put all your eggs in that Derby basket, and if it doesn't go well, well, we're off for a while, and then we're off of a layoff running in a race like the Haskell. I'm just saying. 
And nobody says that unless they're banned from the Kentucky Derby. That's the other big part of this. <laughs> yeah, that's oh, that, the that, that that nobody says that. Trainers. You don't have to change a trainer if you go to the Preakness. Well, Just also, crazy. Zidane has, I mean, Arabian Lion's not going to be probably making the Kentucky Derby, but he, they also own Hijazi. And they paid over $3 million for Hijazi, a lot more than they paid for Arabian Night. Uh, you know, Hijazi there probably could go to the Kentucky Derby. He's got a lot more experience than Arabian Night. Uh, Arab- God, I can't keep these. Arabian Night. Can't keep these ones straight still. I know. Um, there's one thing also to keep in mind. Zidane buys horses and wants to, like he understands that the real money isn't on the track, but it's what they will pay uh, once they're in breeding. Other than, you know, if Taba goes and wins the Saudi Cup and, and Dubai World Cup, that's a little he'll pay for himself there. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, like Aaron is saying, if, you know, Taba, by the way, it was his third career start in the Kentucky Derby. He went broke his maiden in March. Right. Won the San Diego Derby in April. No horse had ever won the San Diego Derby in its second career start. And he was trying to be the first horse to ever win the Kentucky Derby. In his third start, if you even just skip that and go to the Preakness, you, you mean you tell me he couldn't have beat early voting Tabe at that point in his career? Couldn't have beaten early voting in the Preakness, and then he probably wins the Haskell, right? Uh, he's got a little bit more experience, a little more confidence, not as much of a layoff going into Monmouth, and then yeah, you're looking at four Grade One wins, sorry, five Grade One wins on his resume. As much as I love Epicenter. There's no way in hell I'm saying that percentage should be three-year-old of the year. And breeding-wise, you've got a five-time grade one winner. That is huge. So I know it's the Derby and the Preakness don't hold the same um, cachet, but they're both grade ones, and that looks really good on your resume. Yeah, and I get what people are saying. No, nobody points for the Preakness. But again, with the Baffert uncertainty, it does kind of make you pause and think, well, maybe he – We'll transfer a few, and then he'll keep ones like this for a race like the Preakness. I mean, it's not the craziest thought. Uh, let's move on, Aaron. We got the one Kentucky Oaks prep race from Goldstream Park to talk about the forward gal stakes. Uh, boy, at the last second, I put rag carpet ready on my ticket here. It didn't you know? Didn't hit anyways, but I'm really glad I did because uh, Rusty Arnold and his O for whatever's and the long you know layoffs, not being good at it, it didn't matter. This filly was fantastic. Another one, kind of like Gunpilot, who we thought would win going gate to wire on the front end, and she actually took back slightly. Uh, but what did you think about Red Carpet Ready here? I thought she was fantastic. I don't know how far she wants to go, but I thought this was a really nice win. Of course, it's a one-turn race, seven furlongs. And so, you know, how is that going to equate to, a you know, a mile and a 16th, mile and eighth? I'm not sure. But I really thought this horse had a reason to lose here. She was chasing that pace. She finished pretty strongly, and they started to come up to her a little bit, and she kind of dusted them. So I thought this was a really, really nice performance. Uh, I thought it was a great performance as well. She's now perfect three for three. This seven furlong distance was the longest that she had ever gone. She did win the Fern Creek Stakes at six and a half uh, last November. Um, A great effort. She's by Oscar Performance, who was a two-turn turf horse out of a street sense mare. The way that she ran this, I feel like she's ultimately going to be best as a one-turn or a miler, but not of the actual Kentucky Oaks caliber. Um, where would you rank her among your early Kentucky Oaks horses? That's It's a tough one. I mean, we really haven't seen much. You think the Derby is kind of weak right now. We haven't seen much <laughs> at all of the Oaks this season. Uh, I would She would be like a top eight until we see her stretch out. I mean, she's... She's definitely got a lot of talent. She de- was able, able to hold off those horses without any trouble. We'll see if she can stretch out. That's going to be the thing. But she's a top six to eight prospect right now. 
Uh, we're looking at like the Kentucky Oaks, uh, the, the Kentucky Oaks picture here. Hoosier Philly's got to be the top pick for you, right? I did. We, we won't see her until the Rachel Alexander here coming up in, in a couple weeks for Risen Star Day at Fairgrounds, but that's got to be who your top pick is. It's either her or Wonder Wheel. I think those are the two uh, that you kind of talk about right now. Uh, it's got to be one of those. I, I like them both. Um, but yeah, Hoosier Philly is number one for me right now until we see her. But it's just kind of like the same as, as Forte in a way. Hoosier Philly and, and Wonder Wheel jumped out, ran very well. They're kind of de facto number ones because we haven't seen anything jump off the screen. But if they come back and they don't run very well, then all of a sudden you look and you dig a little bit deeper. This is a division that last year felt like we had a, a good handle. I had the last couple of years with Nest and uh, Secret Oath and Malathat, we had a pretty good handle on the big stars a couple of months out. I feel like for this one, it's it's going to be one that really kind of jumps up and surprises us. Like it's uh, a horse that we're not even thinking about right now, maybe is just getting into the swing of things. And they kind of do that, the classic Pletcher progression, make the third yeah. start of your three-year-old season in the Kentucky Oaks. Uh, that could be atomically. She uh, was the favorite actually in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Phillies. She ran better here than I thought she would. And she had excuses long off the layoff. Um, do you give her much of a chance to move forward or are you a little bit off of atomically now? I didn't really like what I saw very well. I did like the gallop out for the seven undervalued asset. I thought that horse may be stretching out. going to be pretty good. Atomically kind of maybe has a look at one that peaked as a two-year-old down there at Gulfstream and maybe she's not all that great. So I, I didn't love her uh, effort here. You know, the eight would not be a surprise like you were talking about, but the eight certainly is one. If she runs that well again, going two turns, she's kind of taking the steps up the ladder too. So uh, we'll see what she does next time out. But I did think the seven stretching out might be able to turn the tables a little bit on some of these. We'll see. I think I'm going to, yeah, I think you have to stick with Hoosier Philly or Wonder Wheel. On top picks, but we haven't seen them come back, and that's been kind of the detriment to a lot of horses. Like, hey, they look good at two, come back at three, not so great, but we'll see. Uh, we'll see what comes out of that one. That you know what I said when I asked you to come on, I said it'd be a little bit of a shorter show, we didn't have as much to talk about. Uh, do you have any final thoughts for the Derby and Oaks leading up to uh, let's see, we've got Sam F. Davis, three scheduled withers, and the El Camino Real Derby, which is a free entry into the Preakness for the winner. Uh, that's right. Maybe Arabian Nights should go there, right, Magic? Uh, no. Uh, sorry. Chat, don't go crazy. Just a joke. Uh, yeah, three preps coming up. All three of them don't really seem like they're going to be big producers of anything, but you get surprised sometimes. We'll see. We'll see if anybody jumps out at us. It's always a fun day at Tampa Bay Downs from a betting standpoint. They put together a pretty good card. It'll be out Wednesday. We'll see it. Uh, the Withers, it didn't draw all that well the first time. Maybe they'll get an extra horse or two this time around. Um, you know, usually the wood is all we really have to pay attention to in New York this time of year. But it'll be another fun weekend. And guess what? Next weekend, the first 50-point race is here in the Risen Star. And then it really heats up. So one more week of the little ones, then the big ones will be here. Uh, really little ones. The El Camino Real Derby is still a 10-point the derby prep i think but um that one's about an eighth on the synthetic it's a tricky one uh you had rombauer that you know we make fun of it but you, two years ago you had rombauer win that it got him that free entry to the preakness and they went and won it so you know <laughs> it's it's not always a complete joke it's just you know if it's a joke of a preakness field maybe it'll work out for uh, for who you have there uh that, that but yeah showed we'll, we'll, you though sometimes a horse 
<laughs> will jump up and run a race. It's ridiculous. You go back and watch, you look at Ron Bauer. He won that uh, El Camino Real Derby, and it was just like, uh, he's not very good. He was horrible in the uh, uh, bluegrass. He was 100 links back from the top two. And then he goes to the Preakness and runs the race of his life. I mean, he ran so good that day. So you just never know. Interesting lineup. I went back to see. I was like, who is the horse that I had in that race? Midnight Bourbon. Uh, finished second because, of course, he did. Uh, Medina Spirit, uh, two weeks after losing the Kentucky Derby despite finishing first, he was third. Keep me in mind in there. Yeah, this is – well, that, that Preakness field, that's starting to feel how this Derby trail is going right now. You look at those horses and go, yeah, all right, maybe we don't have an epicenter or a table on the yeah. trail so far. But, hey, we've got all of the previews for that coming to you at racingdudes.com and youtube.com slash racingdudes. And one more thing I want to plug before we get out of here – uh, if you've been following the YouTube channel, you know that there's a weekly series Aaron's been doing called The Rockets Hits and Heartbreaks where it goes through and looks at what worked and what didn't work from the Racing Dudes Rockets picks that he puts together each weekend. Uh, changing things up to try and kind of uh, show you what the Rocket picks look like. We've got a free ticket for you on Wednesday at Gulfstream. Aaron, talk to the people about it. Yeah, so what we're doing uh, this week is we're just going to go through a free pick five ticket. So the early pick five at Gulfstream Park on Rocket, Rocket Hits and Heartbreaks this week. It's coming out soon. Just go through race by race, tell you why we're playing what we're playing that day. It should be a lot of fun. Uh, I, I just kind of wanted to change it up. going to give out a, a free ticket uh, and see if the people like that. And I think they're going to. So we're pretty excited about it. It should be fun. Uh, Car Ramrod makes a great point. Might get some of these horses running as olders instead of being retired after you know the preakness. <laughs> That's a that'd be a nice thing to uh to have going. And Liberty Bibber says, Keep those maiden bits coming. We're trying at youtube.com slash racing dudes. Got a playlist curated for you of all of these maiden uh special weight wins, especially ones that aren't easy to find on YouTube. We've got them right there all in one playlist. But if you just subscribe to youtube.com slash racing dudes, you'll get uh each one of those every day. We're trying to I think I'm losing steam. We're not getting as many maiden races anymore. So it's not a one or two a day. Can't keep that up after this many months, but thank you for the comment. I'm glad that's working for you. And uh, yeah, we'd love to love to see you over there. Thank you so much for joining us. Aaron, thank you again for stepping in at the last second for Mike. Mike, if you're watching, good luck. Don't take a left turn at Albuquerque. It's not going to work out for you. Uh, we'll be back later this week. Mike and I will be covering on Thursday, the late pick five at Tampa. He is so excited about having to handicap Tampa Bay Downs. I just can't even uh, tell you, but I know Aaron's excited for it. Blinkers Off will be covering all the derby preps and the major stakes action around the country as well. So for Aaron Halchman, I'm Magic. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll see you next time. The Magic Mike Show. Where you hear the experts speak. The Magic Mike Show. Tune into the show every week. The Magic Mike Show. You can trust the show is the bomb because it's being brought to you by RacingDudes.com.